Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the well, as Ron's not going to say, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles International with him, New England's very own Van Helsing, and me, the gold standing in ghost hunting, because he's not here yet. We can't find him. Ha! <laughs> it's happened again. The fates have conspired. That's a weird noise. Anyway, um, joining us tonight is our special guest, Marla Brooks, who has uh, kept me up into the wee small hours many, many times. <laughs> good yes. evening. Good afternoon. Good morning. It's good morning for you, isn't it? No, actually, it's 12.01 here, so it's technically oh, cool. afternoon. Oh, but you mean we're both actually in the same time zone now? Nearly. Generically. I mean, generally, yeah. yes. So, uh, yeah. so what the hell is this? I don't get called? Hello. <laughs> what 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 is up with that? I don't know. I don't know either. What are you shouting at us for? You can't shout at us. I can shout at anybody. <laughs> you know, I, this is my show. Ooh, feisty. Well, all right. Well, I'll tell you what. Should we? We'll just <clears throat> we'll start again. <laughs> and take two. Yeah. There you go. So anyways, uh, tonight we're going to be talking about uh, something uh, that you might know about, Steve, because you just come back from the land of the wee people, and uh, that is uh, fairies, elves, and hobbits, and all those little creatures. Not just come back from there, I live in the land of fairies, because West Wales has got a very, very long folklore uh, history of fairies. Right, and so do you believe in them? Uh, well, I've never seen one. Uh, mm -hmm. But then, then again, I've never seen a ghost. I've never seen God. So, uh, did, I don't know if you saw it, but I posted on uh, Facebook uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's in proof of uh, search of fairies or whatever the hell he did. Yeah, fortunately, you did give me a heads up with that because um, I have that book and I've got the uh, quite a few books on the Cottingley case, including a very, uh, it was a self-published book. Uh, date from about 2009. It was actually published by the daughter of Francis Griffith, and it's the, it's Francis's own account of the Cottingley uh, events. Um, so she, her daughter Christine, published her mother's diary in around 2009. But it was a very small publication run. It was like a self-published thing. Mm -hmm. um, and what's intriguing about this is that although the book is an admission that the photographs all bar one, the fifth and final photograph was a genuine photograph, they, they talk about the other four and how they created the photographs, that both girls maintained that they did in fact see the fairies and that the photographs were, there, were made because they were fed up of people disbelieving them when they said that they were seeing the, cre the, the little creatures. Hmm, that's interesting. I wonder uh, how uh, Mahler uh, 
feels about all this fairy talk. Well, being a witch, yeah, um, we we believe in you know little fairies and all all different kinds of little elementals. I mean, all right. So, as a ghost hunter, I'll ask both of you this: as a ghost hunter, do you believe in elementals? Have you witnessed elementals? What the hell is an elemental? Is that some just term that somebody made up because they described something and they can't figure out what it was? So we'll call it an elemental. Yeah, well, Nelly the elemental. <laughs> There, there are a lot of people that, that believe, well, a lot of people, as you know, throw words around and they don't know what they are, but we believe in earth elementals, water elementals, air elementals, all those kinds so, of things. So what are they? Mm-hmm. It's nice to throw the term elemental, but what is an elemental? Well, there, it, it's, there's four categories. It's gnome. Gnomes are being of the earth, the undines are the nymphs being of the water, the sylphs being of the air, and the salamanders being of fire. And and they just say that these um, are just little creatures other than the other etymologies, because I, I went looking, I found all kinds of stuff yesterday about fairy etymology and goblins and all this stuff. It's kind of cool, actually. But... Um, <laughs> In witchcraft, I'll, I'll tell you, the, the fae play an important part in some of our Sabbaths, like on Samhain, which is Halloween, you know, we're told to watch out for the fairies because they're supposed to be out causing mischief that night. And at Yule, um, you hang bells on the Yule tree to call in the spirits and the fairies. And then on Beltane, which is May Day, you know, it's believed that the little mischief makers are out there again. Um, and it's a time that we say is a fairy magic. And the queen of the fairies is represented actually by the queen of the May. And then in Letha, which is the summer solstice, it's also a perfect time to communicate with fairies and sprites and pixies and all that. So, you know, um, and they say that witches and fairies roam on Midsummer's Eve. Hmm. I'll have to, I'll have to find out how to roam and do that this year. So they plant animal and mineral. Kind of, yeah. Which one? Who? Which? You tell me. <laughs> Who's on first? <laughs> I mean, fairies. Are fairies animals? No, I think well, they're I, little creatures, no? Well, um, uh, we, we, we have... Creatures is not a term. Just to cause dissent here, um, fairies in, Ir- in Irish and Welsh culture and folklore... And the fairy legend stories that are attached to the part of the world where I live. These are not small creatures. These are human-sized fairies. Yes. And they interact. They come to market. They sell their goods. They buy the goods off, off traders and, far, and the farmers at the markets. And they, they always pay a fair price. But you mess with them at your peril. They live in a magical world or islands on, on, off the coast or underground. But they... In, in every instance, we're not dealing with the Disney fairy here. We're right. not dealing not with Tinkerbell. Right. Um, we are dealing with life-size figures. And, in fact, in, in, in history and mythology, um, the, the fairy... Think, think of Lord of the Rings. Think of the, um, think of the fairy warriors, the warrior, the warrior army. You're dealing with life-size, human-sized individuals... Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are different types of fairies is what I found. Brownies are considered fairies, although they're a little bit goblin. Cupcake. Are they not cupcakes? Well, it depends on your, you know, 
the ones we make sensibilities. Yeah. But they're Dobbies, you know, they're house sprites. They're considered fairies. Yeah. Elves. Don't be the house elf. Yes. Elves are considered fairies, leprechauns also, um, pixies yeah, and sprites. They all fall under the, the fairy umbrella. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure if um, Tolkien I mean, was correct, because Tolkien based the whole of the Lord of the Ring on, on uh, myth, mythology, the, yeah. essentially British mythology, because that's mm-hmm. what it's, it is. Yeah. And the fairy, the fairy in British mythology is not uh, an overarching title for a whole bunch of different little people. Mm-hmm. It is a unique uh, group of individuals. Mm-hmm. They are a unique species in their own right, mm-hmm. as are all the others. Right. But you know what? This all brought me back because I watched uh, Houdini and Doyle, uh, my favorite show right now. And uh, basically, they were talking about aliens, and uh, there was these gray people and uh, light-skinned people and, and all this stuff. But Basically, they weren't. They were just regular people that went on the ground because they didn't get sunlight. Their skin became, uh, you know, light. You know, they they didn't get sunlight, so they had rickets, and you know, they were hunched and so forth. So, I mean, isn't that really I, what we're talking about? Isn't it just a race of people that we were, that inhabited this world world at one time, and and that's what all this myth is based on? It could be because fairies are associated with the magical underground and caverns and, spri- caverns and springs. So, yeah, in a sense, and then the mythology goes one step farther. It's, it, it, there's a belief that if a traveler went too far down into these caverns and springs, that they would end up in the fairy realm, you know, just like, like John the Rhymer, whatever, um, and then come back seven years later and it seemed like a minute. But, um, yeah, so that makes what you said makes good sense. I mean, you know, they're known to be underground caverns and springs dwellers. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we look at even, you know, in, in uh, October 2004, uh, scientists found an ancient race of hobbits living in uh, the land of the Como dragon uh, in Indonesia. Uh-huh. and. So, I mean, there is evidence, and, and we have pygmies, of course, who are, are basically little people. And, and, and in, even in, in our circus and, and in real life, we have dwarfs, uh, whatever they call themselves now, little people. But, you know, those are all natural human beings that have morphed one way or another. Um, so is that more what we're talking about? I mean, are there really little... Uh, people running around living underground that that have magical powers and so forth. It's nice to think that there possibly is. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. it's nice well, to think a lot of things. We'll come back to the the origin of fairies here. We can look at the or, or in Welsh the Toloith Teg and uh, the imaginary origin of the fairies. This is a book from 1875 uh, describing the we- the folklore of West Wales. Oh, right up to date. It, it, it was. <laughs> It was once a belief in Wales that they were the souls of the virtuous druids who, not having been Christians, could not enter into heaven but were too good to be cast into hell. Now, that sounds almost like the the oft-told description of purgatory, Mm -hmm. which has been offered forward as an explanation for ghosts. Well, that's that's not actually uh, purgatory. That would be more limbo, I would think, right? Oh, right, then, limbo. 
So fairies are just good people <clears throat> in limbo. Well, that makes good sense. <laughs> but you know, you know where this all started, or a lot of it started, is because I was looking up like goblins and gnomes and fairies and all that. And um, when we got to the gnome, when I got to the gnome part, it was talking about it being this diminutive, diminutive spirit in Renaissance magic and al alchemy. And it was first introduced by Paracelsius in the 16th century. And he's the one that kind of brought these these beings, creatures, whatever you want to call them, um, into people's minds. And um, so, you know, so blame him. Right. Well, I mean, it's all based on somebody did something at one time. I mean, you know, the, the vampire movies, are, uh, you know, we have certain images of vampires that actually have moss, morphed from one to another because of uh, somebody's writings. And in fact, hell itself, if it wasn't for Chasa, we have a different tiley look of, of hell would look totally different than what but Chasa gave us this uh, hell that we accept, uh, well, we believe in uh, now. Better Chaucer's than Dante's. Dante's was scary as all. Dante's, that's the one I'm thinking about. I'm oh. sorry, Molly, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know me in names. I apologize. Yes, Dante's Inferno with the yeah. seven levels of hell and, and, and hell is burning. But if you, if you really look at uh, what the definition of hell is, hell is supposedly the absence of God which is God is light, and therefore the absence of light would be darkness, which would be cold and not really hot. True. I just found something. I'm looking over my notes, and you were asking what little fairies are and stuff. It, it said, well, yeah. Paracelsius said they are typically said to be small humanoids that live underground, and they're considered... I like that. And, and they considered, they're considered to be earth elementals. And I like this even better. They can move through the earth in any direction without tunnels, like a fish in water. And, okay. I like that. I like that. I'm glad you like it, but what's the problem? <laughs> I'm not saying I believe it. I said I like it. Yeah. If we had, we have all the scientific stuff now, we're still trying to... Uh, you know, uh, what's the word, teleport stuff. And that's basically what you would be doing if you, were be, if you would be able to go through solid matter. You would have to be able to go between the distance and the atoms. Is, does this make sense to you, Steve? Well, of course it doesn't. There are lots of things that can go through solid matter, isn't there? Within Is science. there what? Well, x-rays for a start. Yeah. Good you yeah, know, all cosmic rays, lots of forms of radiation, will, which is itself matter, will pass through other matter. But the key to that, that, that Marla said that it was a race of humanoids, and that we're talking about yeah, what we totally do. different. Well, no, you asked me a question. Humanoids, humanoids are materialistic. They're, they have matter. Yeah, but, so, but you asked me, does, can, can, does the concept of, of something passing through solid matter make sense? Well, of course it does, and in, in terms of physics, it's perfectly acceptable and understood. But what's interesting is that we have this same conundrum that, that threads throughout all of the paranormal realm, uh, from ghosts to demons to fairies. We have multiple different descriptions, none of which can seem to agree. Uh, as I say, in, in the Celtic culture... Um, which I, I've been referring to because that's where I'm currently residing. All of the fairies um, 
are not little. Mm-hmm. There are lots of other little folk, and that includes goblins and pixies, or piskies, as they're referred to on the Isle of Man, the leprechaun, and there is also the Cornish sprite. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fairy is... I mean, fairies marry people, not marry humans. They have children with humans. Uh, and these are stories that go back five, six, seven hundred years mm-hmm. um, that are written down in Welsh folklore. So... I, we don't have any consistency unless what we're seeing is a modern interpretation of, you know, a, a putting the name of fairy onto too many things, turning so, it into a generic. Why do you think Arthur Conan Doyle got so, so involved in this? Uh, the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Well, or, or, is that really why? Um, I think so. If, if it's something that's beyond our, our realm that we accept, then I think that's what he was interested in. And I think you and I are the same way. If it's, it's something that's out of the norm, we're, we're certainly interested in it. In, ter- in terms of Doyle, uh, his involvement, he wasn't actually the first with the girls, was he? Um, it was a theosophist, Edward, uh, Edward Gardner, yeah. who brought the, the photographs to the attention of Doyle. Now, it's certainly true Doyle did pick up the baton or pick up the fairies and run over the hills and far away. But Gardner was the one who, who and the theosophists were the first to get excited about the, the fairies and the fairy photographs. Now, the photographs were fake, but the girls continued to maintain, um, even you know, long after the photographs were admitted to have been faked, all bar one, um, the girls maintained that the last photograph, the final photograph, was a genuine photograph, but moreover, that, that their experiences were genuine experiences. Now, and that they saw several different classes of being. The, the, but they didn't, they described the fairies very similar to the Tinkerbell. That's got to be, that's got to be admitted. Right. But they were all your sort of classic um, children's, ideas of what fairies and goblins and pixies would look like because you know right the way back from the end of the 19th century you had many book children's books describing fairies in the in the classic you know in the tinkerbell mold mm. you know tinkerbell comes later but it's a it's a figure that we all know and understand in terms of a description and the you have the gnome with the little pointy hat on and you know, this was in children's books from the 19th century, so it's hardly surprising that... You know, it, were they, in fact, seeing, seeing that, or was, uh, or was that a projected image uh, from their imagination, or was that the image that, that they were supposed to see by the elemental? Because it's, it's been said in some instances when you talk about people who ask the question of why do ghosts wear clothes, because that's how the ghost wants to be seen. Maybe that's how the element the elemental wants to be seen. It wants to be seen as a small Tinkerbell fairy. It wants to be seen as a full-size fairy. Or, or uh, is it our interpretation of what we believe in? I mean, it, I just back, said that. Going back to this uh, Doyle and uh, and Houdini and this episode, that they were the opposite. Houdini was very much believing because of his upbringing 
of a particular uh, situation. And Doyle was the opposite of what he was. He was more the skeptic because of a certain upbringing he had. So we're so influenced by, uh, you know, what we have in our own personal experiences that sometimes it taints the truth. Um, well, possibly, but I, I don't recall Houdini actually being involved in the Cottingley case. I'm just going through the indexes and the... Uh, I don't no, ever recall... About the, uh, TV series, not that. Oh, well, you, I, I thought for a minute you were referring to Houdini's involvement in the no, real no. case. No, no. Uh, so, go ahead, Marla. No, I'm just, I'm just wondering, I mean... You know, you're mentioning all the things that those fairies could have been, and, and dragonfly came to mind. You know, a child with an imagination would see a dragonfly and could possibly believe that was a fairy, oh, because good they point, are, they are kind of you know magically endowed. These little guys with the wings. I mean, they're very cute. Absolutely. So you know, I mean, it could be any number of a thousand things. But Absolutely. look at Hobbes. Uh, no, no you look let's at not look at Obs. Oh, there you go. I mean, a person's interpretation of Obs is Obs is, is guided by what they believe in. That's only their interpretation, not the actual fact. You can't interpret fact as anything but fact. No, there is no really fact. There's only what we believe. No, there isn't. Yeah, there is. No, there isn't. Yeah, there is. No, there oh, my isn't. God. Do I have to send you both to the naughty corner? Yeah, send us to the naughty corner because... Yeah, yeah. We're, we're down to uh, we're down to the weekly squabble, but thank God it's nearly time for the break. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see. I've got something that would stop the squabble, and both of and, and both of you would be pulling your hair out. But I, I actually doesn't work in our case. That's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was being kind. Um, I, I came up with ten things that you need to know about garden gnomes, and it's quite amusing. So you know. Yeah, you can it, buy them it, in any store. Yeah, but I mean, they have. There's, there's all this little lore that goes along with them that I thought was just kind of wonderful. Um, so do yeah. we have time to uh, hear these ten things before the break, uh, Steve? Absolutely. You really, okay, wanna, you, go, you, you really want to do that? All right. Oh, yeah. Let's well, all right. First of all, garden gnomes bring good luck. They were regarded as good luck charms by our ancestors and would often be found living in the rafters of barns where they would help watch over the livestock. Oh, then, okay, now, gnomes are banned from the Royal Horticultural Society Chelsea Flower Show. Hmm. Um, I understand then, that. <laughs> there are three categories of mass-produced gnomes. Worker gnomes, who always carry tools like fishing rods, shovels, or hammers. At-ease gnomes, who carry a pipe, like the chap. Well, there was a picture of one there. And the cultural gnomes, who have musical instruments in hand. They're the rock stars of the gnome world. Uh, All right. Now, gnomes have a life expectancy of 400 years. Um, their main enemies are mean humans who destroy the environment and, obviously, trolls as well. Um, male gnomes always wear red caps. Yeah. The world's largest, oldest wonderful gnome called Lampy has been living in Lamport Hall in the UK for 125 years and is worth a cool two million pounds. Um, in the 1980s, the Gnome Liberation Front stole gnomes and sent gnomes picture, uh, sent their pictures to the owners from landmarks all around the globe. And I, I remember hearing that. That was very, very cute. 
<clears throat> also, the garden gnomes are generally vegetarian, sorry, <clears throat> and they eat food like nuts and mushrooms and all that good stuff. They also like to drink mead um, made from fermented honey, fermented raspberries, and spice gin is a nightcap. So they, they, mm. they're little, they're not teetotalers by any means. Um, and uh, they kiss by rubbing noses, but they also use nose rubbing as a greeting equivalent to a human handshake. And my favorite thing of all came from the Harry Potter books, where the garden gnomes could be expelled from the garden by swinging it in a circle until it was dizzy, then dropping it over the garden wall. Mm -hmm. right. Do you know, that's, aren't they absolutely perfect little creatures? <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like the... I, I'm going to upset people now, because it does sound like the, like the sort of ravings of the modern New Age tree huggers. They're all <laughs> known as vegetarians. Well, how do they know? Has anybody ever gone up to a gnome and said, here, have some bacon? <laughs> I like you know, this, this is like... It's like so, so many of these New Age books that, that are written, and it's just... What it's the wild ramblings of somebody who wants it to be a lovely world full of love and light and vegetarianism and where nothing's horrible and we all are blessed and happy and galloping around in sunlit green meadows. Well, that's where the, the goblins come in because that will change everybody's attitude. Yeah, yes. but nobody's ever asked one. The point True. we haven't got it. Wait a minute. How do you know they haven't? Wait a minute, wait a minute. How do you know they haven't? Well, where's the book interview with the goblin? We got interviews with vampires. Yeah, yeah, I mean they channeled Arthur Conan Doyle. I'm sure some medium is channeling a gnome. I I know uh <laughs> I, Martha know, I mean Marla knows people that uh speak to aliens through the Ouija board, so maybe there's someone speaking <laughs> to gnomes through the Ouija board. I mean, we can't just dismiss this because you personally don't I know. Didn't it dismiss it. I Once said again, it's you're doing you're it so narrow mindedness. <laughs> there you're they go again. Yeah, we're doing it again. Uh -huh. He's not listening because I said it sounds like the new age ramblings. Mm -hmm. Sounds like so. So you're putting a, a, a label on it because you yeah. can't. Oh look, we've got a minute to go for the to the to the ad break, which is just enough time for me to say from the Oxford English Dictionary, a fact is something that is known to have happened or to exist, especially something for which proof exists or about which there is undeniable information. Yeah, but that, unfortunately, that definition is flawed. So. Is it? <laughs> yes, it is. What you believe it to be flawed, or it's a fact that it's flawed? Oh, it is flawed because it, in my reality, it's different. So, in therefore, reality, it's flawed. Is, in your reality, everything's different. I mean, there are people that believe the the uh, world is flat, and they give you exacts, uh, all the proof and evidence ah, you want for they, it. They can provide evidence, but it's not factual. To them, it is. But to them, it is. It doesn't mean it's true. If you <laughs> to them, it is. There are people who... Oh, oh, look, we've got an ad break coming up. We'll be back after this short infomercial. Oh, no, you won't. Not till I say so. <laughs> You're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parsons, at least this week, uh, Ron Kolick and Marla Brooks. We'll be right back after the, the following messages. Good night and God bless. Until then, we might not come back. How do you like that? 
Monday mornings just got scarier. Tune in every Monday at 11 a.m. for another episode of Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition with New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kolick, and his inquisitive travel companion, Lou Blassie, the professor. Hey, that's me. Each week we'll delve into the realm of the supernatural where all that is is not what it appears to be. With remarkable guests, spirited conversation, and the occasional voice of the deceased, we'll bring you a whole new meaning to the term dead air. Ghost Chronicles, Mondays at 11 on Eagle Radio 1110. Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place an oasis in this hectic world. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly gooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parrax family. Welcome back to part two of Ghost Chronicles International. Um, before the break, we were having a rare old time discussing gnomes, goblins, pixies, piskies, sprites, and other elementals. With our guest, Marla Brooks. Some people consider me an elemental too. <laughs> Scary but true. Yeah, anyway. Carry on. No, I was just waiting to see if you guys knocked each other out or something, you know. Oh, no, 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 no. That was just a little discussion. We, 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 that's, that's nothing. No, I've, <laughs> I've heard worse. I, I agree, but, you know. Uh, yeah, anyway. So, uh, Mahler, before we, we get to anything else we want to bring up, uh, if anybody wants to get uh, in touch with you, and could you give us your, uh, your contact information, your websites and all that? 555-2658. There you go. Uh, my website is marlabrooks.com. Very easy to find. I'm also on Facebook. And um, those are probably the two best places to find me. Right. And you are also the host of the Pararex uh, show, which airs on Thursday nights at 9, I believe. And that Good is called Stir in the Quadroom, Cauldron, or something like that. Yeah, huh? and that's, that's why I keep Steve up so late sometimes but he's very good about it and um you get hot up for guests is that what it is 
No, no, actually, you'd be surprised. <laughs> no, everybody loves Steve, but they love you too. Really? And, yes, and and they always want him back. And and you, Ron, Ron, are going to be with me next week, aren't you? I am. Oh, that's right. I am. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to stay up nearly as late. I have no. to stay up past my bedtime, which is you don't have awful. to stay up till the next day. Yeah, now see, that's true devotion. He will stay up till the next day for me. Yeah. Show you he has no life. <laughs> Anyways, uh, back to our, our topic, uh, which was uh, fairies and so forth and elementals. and I mean, it, it all goes back to the, the basic definition of things. I mean, we, we throw so many terms around and and we quote so many facts because they're written in a book and and yet that's just your opinion that's true it's this is definitely my opinion and uh everything you get from me is my opinion whether you want it or not and uh so i mean it, it whoa ouch that's you god's that? way of t- yeah that was god's way of telling you that your opinion counts for nothing no, that was, uh, you know, that was when you reach that high, I, w- I was up a high vibrational level, which means I was reaching the upper ethanols and, uh, you know, right in there with the ether and nets and all that stuff. So I was, uh, yeah. Yeah. Here you go, ladies and gentlemen. You just heard it from Ron himself. He's been drinking ethanol again. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> she was drinking something. I'm in my office and it's extremely warm in here, by the way. So just thought I'd let you know what I've sacrificed to uh, do this show. Put the aircon on. Yeah, isn't in yet. Anyways, my uh, I keep calling you Martha today. What, someone's must be trying to reach me by the name of Martha. It uh, must be. I'll have to just figure this out. Uh, one thing I do want to mention bef- before we do go further is that uh, tonight, of course, is another red light seance here at VZ. And uh, Marla, as I mm-hmm. get it right this time, uh, okay. uh, you've been involved in a lot of seances yourself, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Over the, over the years, yeah, I have. And, and what, is, what is your thoughts? Well, first of all, what are the purposes of seances? And what is your overall view of them? Well, the purpose is to communicate with those on the other side. Okay. And it depends who's conducting the seance as to what I think of them, because there have been times that, you know, you sit there and you roll your eyes. Um, Other times things come through that the person that's conducting the seance had no way of knowing, and then you go, oh, wow, that could possibly be. So... um, I mean, you know, mediumship, I mean, it's mediumship, basically, isn't it, wouldn't you say? Um, And it's how you conduct them. Some people will, like you talked about earlier, will use a Ouija board during a seance. Some people will use a crystal ball. Some people, you know, do the old spiritualist way and just you just sit there and, and, you know, put the, the, what do you call it, the trumpet on the table and things like that happen. Some people are still doing that. and so it, it just depends. I, I'm kind of always not believing things until something impresses me. Mm-hmm. Um, because just because somebody says it is doesn't mean it is. But I was at a seance one time. I didn't know anybody there except who I went with. And the guy started going around the table 
giving readings to everybody and I'm thinking, well, geez, anybody can do a cold reading. This isn't too impressive. And then he got to me and he said, um, you know, you're a very powerful witch. And I went, oh, and I, and everybody got like, turned their heads at me and looked really quick. I think everybody got whiplash for a second because they had no clue. And, you know, I was, oh, there's a witch here. Oh, my God. Kind of thing. Burn out. Burn out. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was funny as heck. But, you know, where did that come from? You know, and, and I said, who's telling you that? And this guy, without even thinking, said, Sophie. And then I, you know, I thought I would need a depends because Sophie was my great-grandmother who was reportedly the witch in the family. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when something like that happens, you really have to stop and wonder mm-hmm. um, where this is coming from, how this is coming from. But, but you know, communing with, with the deceased is, is commonplace now. Um, and just some people fake it and some people do it right. And... And that was the one wake-up call that I had, realizing that, hmm, there's something going on here. Yes, yes, you know, they couldn't have made that up. I don't know these people. Um, and where did that come from kind of thing. What's your thoughts on that, Steve? Uh, well, in seances. No, what, what Marla, yeah, seances in general, but also Martha. Martha. <laughs> Hell! Back to Martha again. Wow. <laughs> I don't know who this Martha is, but she's really trying to get a hold of me. Well, let's uh, hold this, let's hold a quick on-air seance. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Can we do that? I, I would really much like to know who this Martha is. It's, <laughs> she, well, there's, never been, uh, there's, a, no, there's no Martha in the chat room. I wonder if she'll come through uh, tonight when we're doing the Red Light Seance. I mean, I this, is, a, this is intriguing strong, to me. I have a strong feeling that she might. You do? Yeah. You must ask her to show up. You must call to her. Well, I mean, as, as we're doing a... See, this is the interesting thing of, of the seances we do, Mala, in that we only ask spirits to work with us who are willing to work with us in physical mediumship and, and not just um, mental mediumship. So, interesting. Okay, yeah, that's good. Yeah, so it, it's it's more... Steve, you know what I'm trying to say with this, right? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, if I just go back a little bit to... Um, sure. With, with this Martha and your <laughs> the, the comment about whether you, she'll come, up to, uh, come through tonight, and I said yeah. I have a feeling she might, the yeah. reason I have a feeling she might is because the more you're saying this and the more you're reinforcing this name, if there is any suggestibility involved, then you are making yourself more susceptible to um, finding that name. You are absolutely right, my friend. And, you know, earlier on Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition, uh, yesterday, we, we were talking numerology, and they wanted to do my numbers. And I said, I really don't want to know, because I don't want to be influenced what whatever my destiny is supposed to be according to these numbers. Uh, it's just like people who read a a horoscope and they say they pick out the things that say oh that's me that's that's who I am you know and, and the same with even with you do readings uh, you can have a really bad medium or a bad psychic and yet you might think they're good because there might have been one or two things that hit a nerve on you that that you were looking for 
so yeah, you're absolutely right on that. It's it's all yeah, it's it's definitely can influence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's 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 a sad truth. But when when we do these sort of things, and when we, even when we research the history of a location prior to conducting any form of investigation, or we mm-hmm. read about something significant in a location before we go there to do a séance, we are front loading the dice. We are loading the dice. Um, exactly. Bec- I mean, I just think it's even for readers. I mean, they should know nothing about. Um, Mm -hmm. who they're reading and the interesting thing is that sometimes if you get feedback from it like I had somebody ask me to do a reading for a birthday present for a friend of hers she told me nothing about her she knows that I didn't want to know anything about it so I went ahead I did the reading printed it out she was going to wrap it up in a scroll and make it look very cool Um, but I sent I emailed her the, the whole thing and she got back to me she's oh my god you don't know this woman but you hit every nail on the head now i'm not saying that because i'm good i'm saying that because not knowing and then getting some feedback like that is validation that you're doing mm-hmm. the right thing this is why i'm bringing it up and and that validation is what we we need you know whether you're a medium whether you're a ghost hunter what you know no matter what you are um that validation is very important mm-hmm. You know, it's a tough, tough uh, line to walk, too. I mean, Steve, you must know this when you do your investigations. I know that we might do things a little bit different, but, uh, you know, that we're the same way. I, I want to know as a little bit about the property or the people or the haunting before I go in as as possible. And, and you know, then whatever results we get, we can certainly compare and everything. But then it becomes to a point for uh, efficiency, you, you know, and you've talked about this before in your investigations that if uh, only sounds are heard, why would you bring different other different stuff or recordings or do other things? So it, there's a, a fine line. Do you agree with that? Oh yeah. Um, in fact, one of I, it, I caution people against um, knowing too much about the history of a location prior to an investigation or. Um, if you if you do need to research the history of the location, get somebody to do it, and then. How is going on here? What the hell is that? FaceTime. Uh, or get. <laughs> <laughs> was it or Martha get... by any chance? It was. Uh, it, it was Ma- no, it wasn't Martha, unfortunately. Damn. <laughs> because if you and, and this happened famously with Borley, of course, because the whole the whole story of the nun. Which everybody associates with Borley, uh, and the name, her name, um, Marie, uh, comes from a séance, and the whole story then comes from um, basically the work of Canon Vivian Adams. So, if you if you make these historical assumptions, if you're a, if you're in a castle, it must be you know. And Berlin, if you're here, it must be them, if you, et cetera, et cetera. The history may be important, but why do we, why is it only the rich and famous that come back? Why is, you know, why isn't it the serving maid? Why isn't it the, why is it always a murder? Why is it always, and in some instances, it's the murderer or the murdered. I mean, there isn't this consistency, is there? That's, that's the great conundrum that we face. It's the same in reincarnation, isn't it? Uh, Yes, everybody was the to queen a large of Sheba. Extent. Yeah, yeah exactly. no, nobody, 
Well, it well actually there are some well documented. Oh, there are, no, there are exceptions like the this bridey. Yeah, we, we understand that, but but for the most. But you're right. You're right. If you go to a hypno regressionist, there'll always be somebody important. Yeah, if you go to a new age hypno regressionist or or one of these others, you are invariably you know you're, the chances of you coming back as Cleopatra, mm-hmm. uh, or previously having been Cleopatra, I should say, are probably a lot higher. Um, because that's what people want. Do you, do you have something against tree huggers and new age people? It seems like uh, only I'm tonight. Detect- well, detecting a note here. No, it's because we haven't got a medium on tonight to have a go at. Uh-huh. Well, we got Ma- What do you mean? We have Mala. I'm not a medium. I just yeah, you are. No. Well, I sure you are. Just do just my thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a medium too. You you actually did a reading on my show I'm a one dumb time. Medium. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Did he yeah. do a good reading? He 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 was very good actually. Oh, that, that he, I knew he had I knew he had hidden depths. I thought you know he <laughs> said I, I, he said I can do readings. I went yeah right. <laughs> no no I really can yeah right. And then okay, well, he got, got on got and he was doing readings. Left. Well we've got ten minutes left. He was he was he was actually good. Mm-hmm. I don't no, really remember really Martha. I, yeah. <laughs> why don't yeah why don't you kind of tune into Martha right now? I don't think so. Oh, come on. Maybe yeah, she wants a date or remember, something. Remember, I, I always said I was a dumb medium, which means I don't work at it. So it's going to have to come. It's going to have to come. Spontaneous. So that's, that's what it is. Hang on a minute. You just you, you spontaneously did it on Martha. Uh, you um, did it on Martha's show. Or was that just as Martha? <laughs> well, I like Martha. I like yeah, Contagious. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's good that I'm well balanced and know who I am. Yes. I'm not sure who you are now. I'm not sure either, but hey, uh-huh. pinching myself, I'm still here, so it must be, yeah, anyway. So I've been wondering are you wearing a bathing suit? Uh, do a little remote viewing and you'll be able to figure it out. I've been trying, I've been squinting real hard. <laughs> you never asked Lloyd Al back that question. <laughs> Oh, like that's one I don't see. want to Lloyd see. Oh, I can't get that image out of my mind. Get it out of there. Yeah, Lloyd in the Speedo. That would, that would. Oh, yeah, that's. You see? No, you see, now I've exercised Martha. Maybe. For the moment. Uh-huh. So, it, anyway. Anyways, <laughs> we're running, running out of uh, time, luckily, for our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but, I um. Fishing. I really do. I can almost see it. What? Huh. Lloyd out back in Speedos. Yeah. I like the Australian word for them, budgie smugglers. What? Budgie what? You don't know. Of course you Americans don't have budgies, do you? Budgery yeah, guards. Budgies are parakeets, birds. Yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah. But the Australian word for, or the, the colloquial, colloquial term for speedos are budgie smugglers. Uh, okay, I like that. That's cute. Okay, that's, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So you you, you know you Photoshop and a picture. Of, I'm just gonna see if I can get Photoshop and a picture of Lloyd Owl back together before we finish. I've been known <laughs> to do that stuff too. Drives people crazy. So go for it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so this is the purpose of the show is to inform people. So we, now we all know that uh, Australians call uh, speedos budgie whackers or whatever they are smugglers. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <sighs> so um, Marla. <laughs> that was close. That was very. I close. had to work at it. it trust me, it doesn't want to come. Uh, 
<laughs> what, do you have anything exciting and new coming up that we should be aware of? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to change my name to Martha. Oh, good. Uh-huh. good. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, nothing really exciting and new. I mean, you know, the, the Oracle deck is doing really nicely out there. People really like it. So I'm, I'm happy about that. The Witch's oh, Oracle. Where is that available? Everywhere, Amazon and and wherever oracles are sold. I don't know where else. You know, Barnes and Noble, Amazon places. I mean, but there are a lot of oracle decks out there. What's it called? So people will. It's called the Witch's Oracle. And my knowledge, there aren't any other witch oracles, which I think is why it's it's doing nicely. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, that that's kind of it. You know, except for the show, getting some interesting guests and things, and yeah, like me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're you're coming up. I just had Steve. I just had the other Steve. I mean, you know. So yeah, I I enjoy doing shows with you. So guys. Ron, have you got any books that people can buy? I do not. What none? <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, moving right along, Steve. Do you have any books that people can buy? <laughs> Oddly enough, yes. Oh, really? <laughs> but I've just found one on my bookshelf that somebody's clearly plagiarised your name here. It says The Ghost Chronicles by someone called Ronnie Kolek. That can't yeah. be. That can't be a medium and a paranormal scientist. A paranormal scientist? You, mm-hmm. So, hang on, we've got a medium and a paranormal scientist in bed. But you said a minute or two ago that you are a spontaneous medium. So who is actually who in this? Well, see, let's, that's the problem. Let's you know, dwell Steve. in. You know, I, originally when the book came out, it was supposed to be Ron Kolick and Maureen Wood. And, of course, it was the, uh, you know, the medium and the paranormal scientist. So uh, they had it correct then. But uh, Maureen was afraid that she would be called a paranormal scientist and thought that was dirty. So uh, she had us change the names around, so my name became the second name on that book. Right. Boy, um, publishing is it's still a very It's still a very good book. It's available, um, oh, it's forward by Jeff Belanger. Mm, yes. From nice. Sourcebooks Incorporated and um, available on Amazon. And, and hopefully good, uh, uh, the next generation will be out too, the uh, next generation of that book. So. How? How many cases have you actually done? Because episode seven is case file six two eight one seven six three. Yeah, well, it's very. You know, this is goes back to numerology. We we have to. Ah, right. So uh, it's not a numerical case, case file. According to certain moon phases and right. retrogrades, okay, and uh, it's titled. Mm. Um, well, in the media, so, for those who want to know uh, about ghost investigation they could of course read ghostology the art of the ghost hunter not that ghostology 101 the other one from america Drink lots is, of coffee you'll be fine yeah this is um uh, it's the interesting but with a really spooky ghost on the front cover Ooh, yeah. yes and of course i wasn't asked to write the forward so that's the way it is <gasps> uh is there a forward mm. mm-hmm. yes there is i got Anne to do it of course uh-huh. <laughs> and of course, you have you have a second book out, which is uh, oh, Paracoustics: The Art of the Telephone Calls from the Dead. Oh, right. and of course, I didn't write the forward for that one either. Uh, I can't remember. Did we have a forward? I genuinely don't know if there's a forward in Paracoustics. Hang on. Oh, really? Well, you've got check. It's on my bookshelf right here. I can get up and look. I'm, I'm rapidly trying to check my own copy. Well, in the meantime, Steve, no, you and isn't. I are going to have to write books. There Just so he, we can ask him to do the forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. 
Mm-hmm. I know um, Richard Felix asked me to write the for him. Did he? <laughs> did you do it? No. Did he? Did he pay you? <laughs> <laughs> did you get paid for the contribution to What Is a Ghost? Uh, as much as you did. Uh, anyway, ah, there's no, there's no money in this, is there? Yes, no that's why we're all spitting diamonds out of our ears and stuff. But you know, Mala has actually written several books. I mean, you or I are just—if we combine our books, it still doesn't equal to the number of books that Mala has written. I know the conventional answer at this point, to which a gentleman would never go, is quantity or quality. But I, but having read wow, but oh. having, that wasn't for me. Remember that? <laughs> I know that's a switch, huh? <laughs> wow, I even get insulted for complimenting you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, but having read one or two of Marla's written outputs, excuse me, <laughs> written outputs. That didn't sound so good either. Yeah, it's a hot day. It must be, yes. <laughs> Anyways. You both know I've never been shy of biting the hand that feeds me. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's why we love you. Well, I do. Some, some I of us love them, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, you will when you say what I've uh, written. <laughs> <laughs> so your, your witches' oracle cards, how are they different from, like, a tarot card deck or, or another oracle card deck? Um. Well, they're pretty much the same as any Oracle card deck, but Oracle cards are so much easier than Tarot, and that's why I think people run to well, What's them. the difference? Explain for, for us. Well, it, well, a, a Tarot deck has 72 cards, which you read upright and reversed, um, yeah. so you have to remember, you know, 144 different meanings and stuff. Um, Oracle decks are usually around 40 cards, and upside and downside doesn't matter. Um, and they're less complicated than tarot cards because tarot cards have all these little meanings to them, and and um, <clears throat> you have to look at, at the pictures and pick out the little, you know, somebody's got a little piece of something there, and it means something. They're, it's just much simpler. They're much more user-friendly, and anybody can use them. You don't have to be a reader to do it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that brings up an interesting point. We, you said they have the meanings and so forth, but aren't tarot decks and, and oracle card decks just merely a tool? It's you, the book is nice if you, but it's really the connection to the cards themselves rather than what they're supposed to That's say. It's supposed to mean. Way, yeah, exactly. That's the way it's supposed to be. They're supposed to be the tool, but a lot of people never get past the book. Ah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, uh, Marla. <laughs> He's doing well. Really... He's getting consistent now. No, yeah. I actually had to like bite my tongue before I spoke so that I would get a proper. Oh, too bad the bell saved here. by the bell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, would have that, that means there's two minutes left for him to screw up again and call and say Martha. Yeah, the uh, pizza bell. Is here, which means uh, pizza from the dead is here. The doorbell, so there you go. Anyways, uh, once again, we'll be doing this red light science tonight, and I'll be interested in uh, seeing if uh, Martha Roll comes through. No, yeah. Martha will probably, not Martha. Well, that'd be interesting. Uh, you, you know, that's something we ought, I ought to try during the science sometime. Is is we hold these every first Tuesday of the month, and and perhaps if either Steve or, or Marla. Uh, would 
you know, project themselves uh, into the seance. It'd be interesting to see if we had any connection at all. That I, I would find that intriguing. That would be interesting. Steve, Sounds I'll like... meet you on the astral plane. Yeah, but not tonight. No, no. We'll, well, we'll find it. Because you're expecting this. <laughs> yeah. no, we'll, we'll, we'll go incognito on a night that they're not expecting yeah. us. Yeah. We'll pack I, a little. I think that's, you know, I mean, we... It's it's a silly thing, but all these things it, it, it's you know it's not really uh, you know it's not really what's the word like glamorous or anything, but this is kind of cool stuff. This is all your basic little stuff that you know can show you some type of evidence that maybe there's a little bit too more to what we are than just our human bodies. Mm-hmm. We're an awful lot more than to ourselves than just our human bodies. Science has been studying consciousness for a long time and have been making some interesting breakthroughs. And on that bombshell, we got to go. <sighs> Unfortunately. Ta-da. So, Marla, we want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. And uh, thanks a lot, Tojinif, for not calling me. I appreciate that. And uh, <laughs> they did. That was a hit. Was a they, hit were just calling, they, they were just calling someone called Martha. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways uh, anything else we're going it's the, the music is playing so but, yeah. bye Martha goodbye, <laughs> goodbye Joe <laughs> check out my website anyghostproject.com the letter N the letter E ghostproject.com and tickets for a spirit quest are now on sale Good night and God bless Good night, God bless God bless Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good luck. <laughs>